Ack will be pretty good, I'd imagine. Keen for Acker. Keen for Acker. He's one of everyone's favourite. And we welcome the 2001 Brownlow medalist to the show. G'day, Acker. Yes, good evening, and what an evening it is. Uh, the other, uh, grand final week. Who has a bar before grand final? We would have won eight flags in a row. That, <laughs> no doubt about it. Oh, so tell how are you how are you building up to it then? Well, today I'm in, I have my own real estate company, so that tends to keep me busy. Today was a half day off, so I played golf and played completely crap, which is normal for a Wednesday. And Saturday, which will be the last round of club champs, so I'm sure I'll get it together and have myself a good day. But no, it's, it's very unusual these last couple of years. Obviously, Brisbane having it last year and uh, the Lions just missing out, of course. And then you've got this year where you've got, you know, it's in Perth. I mean, Perth is the most isolated city in the world. And now they're having a grand final. So it just shows you how uh, bad the Premiers are in Victoria. They couldn't run a chip raffle. Yeah, yeah, you got that right. <laughs> yeah, well, no politics here, mate. But uh, mate, we'll go to your Brownlow here. You, did you feel playing for that team in that side and winning a Brown, like winning a Brownlow was a huge, magnificent effort? Did you feel invincible at that time? Well, when in '99, when I was my first, well, my own personal first year winning an All Australian jump, but Lee Matthews being our coach uh, at the end of '98, I sort of got maybe I don't know ten or fourteen votes, something like that. But I won the Brisbane Lions uh, for that year. I'm thinking to myself, man, this blonde hair is working. On. I don't get a few votes. And then a few years later. I mean, uh, no one tells you this, but that first half of the year, I was in the midfield, and I carried that damn midfield, and we had superstars in that midfield. <laughs> After probably round 11, and then we, the, the rest of the boys jumped on, and we had a big, obviously a great winning streak, came into the grand final, beat Essen again, uh, after being sort of 4-4. Four and four. So, oh man, I, I just knew, I had a good year. I was confident that I would, would pile some votes, and of course, one of my great mates and, and, you know, always great opposition, a guy called Andrew McLeod comes second, he won every media award, but back then you didn't see all the games, so it was, it was I, I figured I, I would get some votes, I had a great year, obviously uh, three voters are is pretty pretty cool, because I got seven of them, but you could be a really good player and only, you know, be the fourth best player on the, on the ground, sorry, and you, you wouldn't get a a look in. So it's just one of those things. Uh, you had to be in a good team. We had a great year. Simon Black won of the year after. But, you know, when you kick goals and, and you're having a good season, you're always going to get some votes. And, and Jace, you're, 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 an, you're an entertainer. You're a character on the field. Do you feel now that we've sort of lost that? And looking back, I mean, are you proud that you were just being yourself the whole time? Because we loved it. But you feel that we've, we've well, lost grew, that a little I grew bit? Up watch, yeah, I grew up watching the American sports. So for me, growing up and watching basketballers and, you know, anyone that has any kind of profile, my hero was a guy called Michael Jordan. Everyone knows Jordan now. But, you know, back then, you know, the interviews he would do, you've got charisma, you've got character. You're talking about the game. Now, Michael wasn't as... Uh, MJ wasn't as blunt as I was. But in the Aussie market, you know, I was always like, man, that's... Let's talk about footy, particularly in this state where footy is quite big, Aussie rules, but it's a bit of an undercurrent. So for us to be uh, obviously winning the brand, like, I never did the media or radio or wrote my own columns until the year after. So I think in the end it worked in really well for Lee Matthews, who at that stage was doing everything. I sort of became you know, a little bit of a trendsetter by doing all the other media, taking the heat off him. 
But the, the bonus and the joy was how much, you know, Brisbane Lions were on the front back page, you know, a lot that year. And, of course, the success afterwards makes a big difference. But there's no doubt that, you know, sometimes you've got to be the... You feel like you're the, the only guy wanting to change the, the tide. But it worked for everyone because the year after I did it, you had Michael Voss, Justin Levy, Dallas Lynch, all doing radio, all doing columns. And, you know... And, and TV, so it was it was a pretty cool cool period. But you know, in the end, it's it's one of those ones. If you're not winning games, no one's going to talk about you. There's, there's positives and negatives each way, depending on, on which way you want, want to look at it. But being an entertainer, man, there were lots of entertainers in my the, the era before. But in my era, I was probably more of a standout. But of course, as we've gone on. Uh, there's still players we love to go and watch, but they're not quite as, uh, I suppose, blunt velvet sledgehammer that I was, uh, you know, in, in my off-field antics. But, you know, that was part of it. We're in the sports entertainment business, boys. You, yeah. You've got to give the crowd and the people what they need. What they is, want. A little bit of what's going on. <laughs> That's what I say on radio. You've got to give the people what they want, Acker. That's right. I mean, you know, they want to be entertained. I mean, if they come to the footy and they have my guts, and they, they hope, like every like they used to do with Muhammad Ali, that he'd get his, his head bashed in. But, of course, you know, that's part of the fun too, you know. Despite the hate and the love, you know, you're going to get both sides of the of the coin. But, oh, man. Wouldn't have worried you too to, much, I wouldn't think. Yeah, handle it and then show up and play some good footy. And I was backing myself in every day of the week. And, you know, sometimes it very rarely it failed. But most of the time it was a benefit for everyone who would come and bring their friends and sit in the crowd and pay good money to watch me and the boys play for three hours on a weekend. Well, that was the thing. You can you can talk it, but you've got to walk it. And I'm going to tell you, you have the best opposite foot there has ever been in the business. Do you feel that yourself? Because you were smashing on that left foot. Yeah, I was just about to start my golf round, and Mike Sheen rang me. And, you know, Mike, he was the number one and the biggest footy rider, certainly in my era, and he'd been around for decades. Until we came and, along. <laughs> Yeah, two of you guys come along, that's right. I think with, uh, like, Mike, Mike uh, gave me the greatest compliment of all time, which was, Jason Ackermanis is the best two-sided player that ever played. 100%. The best kick ever played. So that's not my words, but if Mike can, after, you know, five uh, decades of watching footy and every great player came through when he was in there, that's, that's pretty, that's all right, you know, I'll take that. But I know that the work I did to put in since I was a junior to be very good on both feet. So, you know, when people say, uh, they can say what they want, I suppose, but, you know, if Mike Sheen says you're the best kick ever played, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Mike, uh, Michael Voss said I was, I was the man that got everything out of his genetics. So they're both compliments. They both mean the same thing. You have to work hard. You have to be good at what you did, but you have to master your craft in some ways. And I can tell you that it wasn't done just uh, by not not doing much. It was actually the opposite, where I worked and worked and worked until I could kick them from 70 metres both feet. Well, I think, I think Acker, uh, how do you think you'd go in the game now? With this, When they kick for goal, they sort of go around the corner and open it right up. I mean, you wouldn't have missed. Well, uh, yeah, it wasn't really in my day because you get called for play on and Stevie J invented it. It was really good. But yeah. I, I was just as accurate just kicking straight line. 100%. So it didn't really worry me. So, yeah, I think uh, they asked me the other day, how would I go in this, uh, you know, this era? I said, I would have kicked 800 goals. I mean, seriously, <laughs> I've got the speed one-on-one, give me out the back, you know. Dominate. His own defence. We would have destroyed him. So have you got I Cameron? You got Cameron covered for speed? Uh, Charlie, yeah, yeah. I got. There's only two blokes ever beat me over. I think the 20 minute test, 
One was uh, Big Daniel Merritt, Big Sauce. Yeah. But he well. gassed out at about 41 metres, so I'd just run all day. And, <laughs> and there was another guy called uh, Shannon Ruska who beat my record, which was 275. I'd run quicker, but, you know, they have these tests, and they're great tests, but the gates didn't work that day. I probably, I don't know what I did, but uh, <laughs> it was probably two seconds flat. But I, it's good to know that over 20 metres, I was faster than the same bolt, and that was the key in footy. I mean, I could still run all day and back it up but yeah to be able to be first of the ball most of the times uh, you know you got to thank your mum and dad for those genes because there's some pretty special genes where you can outrun everyone mm-hmm. now we go to footy today we saw Port Adelaide on the weekend just feel like they'd either listen to their own media and play that game Were you? Is, can a team be off that much that that happens and have you been involved with that just from your point of view? Yeah, it's a bit of a rare one. Usually prelims are pretty close. I'd actually surprised this year that they were both blowouts, but, yeah. you know, yeah, Geelong had probably, you know, seven, eight blokes under the weather. Melbourne took advantage of it. They had the week off. And then the Bulldogs, I mean, the Bulldogs-Lions game, I was at that game, and that's why my voice is still not right because I was yelling and screaming because obviously played most of my career at Brisbane yeah. and the umpiring and all that crap that went with it and to lose by a point there's no worse margin than one point but there's no worse a period than six months to play your next game so but the Bulldogs Brisbane game they're both powerhouses and Brisbane would have won in port not because the Bulldogs did but because they have beaten them quite comfortably the last few times down there it wouldn't have been a place that they would have feared at all so the Bulldogs, you know, great hit out, go down there and Port Vale. Man, they, they, their game plan didn't show up, all those normal things. But those boys uh, would be probably, uh, safe to say, extremely disappointed to have a home final and didn't fire a shot. It wasn't even like they had a gun. It was like they had a knife and, and the opposition just had a bazooka. It was, yeah, they're, it front, was they're front runners down. Game. They're front runners over there, though, Acker. Yeah, they are. I mean, you know, most teams that, you know, Melbourne's like that too, so the Bulldogs. If you get them out the back, you, you know, they're all ducking their dinner. So mm. your, your defensive pressure is so important. And to Melbourne's credit, they are there, ready to go to tackle. Same with the Bulldogs. So I would think the next weekend's game is going to be really close. And it's going to be a great game because I don't actually think it's either going to go one way or the other. It's going to be enormously high scoring or it's going to be really low scoring because they play such a pressure brand trying to get him out the back you know if you were a betting man you'd, it'd be hard to pick but then you, you're probably guaranteed that the intercept marks or the tackling uh, you have those blokes in your multi because that's what it's, got, it's going to be all down to the pressure and then who can actually kick straight in front of goals that that's probably what's going to be the difference yeah good point too mm. well Ak, if we if we go back to sort of your time you spoke earlier how um when you got into the media that sort of took a bit of pressure off lee matthews but i think towards the end of your time at brisbane lee might have put a little bit of pressure back how's your relationship sort of with all the players back at brisbane now and all those guys and lee matthews yeah, no, it's really good now. I mean, most of the players in that era weren't really against uh, me going. It was more me and, me and Lee. And Lee and I have a great relationship. I just saw him uh, two weeks ago. We're having a chinwag. We're going to have a, because 20 years this year, so we're going to have a, a big golf day up the coast uh, in a place called Noosa. A lot of the interstate guys can't come up because, as I mentioned, you know, um, Dictator Dan can't run a chook raffle and, yeah. you know, Anna Pella chook up here couldn't do the same. So <laughs> in the end, we're just going to get the locals and we'll go and play up there and we have a ball. And Lee, Lee and I had a good chat about we had to do a doco. And, and I always see him all the time. We always have great, great chin wags. But, you know, at that stage, it was just me and Lee just having a 
having a bad couple of months, I think. We just, our relationship, which was so good, just, you know, disintegrated, it happens. I moved on, he moved on, he ended up finishing coaching. I went down to the Bulldogs and, and finished my career. And then life is, you know, that's, mate, that's whew, 15 years ago. So a decade and a half is a long time, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's too long to be angry at, at someone, except, a, you know, unless someone punched in the face. So I, I think it's pretty safe to say that Lee and I, you know, our relationship was so strong before, but now it's really good. And all my teammates, uh, even now, it's such a special kind of experience. It's uh, I, I, I couldn't even relate to a war experience where your mate sort of shot for you and, and killed someone who's about to kill you or anything like that. It's it just just such a cool thing to go through. So I can tell you a million stories about when I see guys who I played with in those premierships. I saw one of my mates, Robbie Copeland. I had a mask on. He had a mask on. We are in Chermside. We caught each other's eye, and he just double-checked that it, it looked like my wife. I looked at his. We didn't even we didn't even embrace our wives. We just gave ourselves, uh, the two of us, a big cuddle. And that's the specialness uh, yeah. that, that happens when you, you know, have that bond. So, And now it's even stronger, I reckon, than ever. I think it's, so, it's so relative because I mean, it's the same thing. You Division Four reserves down here, East, Eastern Footy League. You can <laughs> see your mate from a premiership and give him a cuddle. That's what I love about footy, mate. Probably at a different, probably like at a it. bit of a different level, Oaxaca <laughs> AFL. I think. Oh, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, it's a professional yeah. 24/7 type a hug's role. A hug, mate. A hug's a hug. We're talking about Division Four out in the Eastern. Well, Aka played a few games uh, out this way. I'm sorry, Aka. Sometimes we've got to drag people in to give us a hand occasionally. <laughs> hey, uh, oh, they're, still, you, they're still pretty cool though. Don't worry about that. Yeah, they are cool. You're it's great. Like human nature and bonding, you know. Yeah. You're great, mate. Uh, Vossi, Willie, coach, and what's holding him back? Getting a role. He's sort of, he's sort of funny. Like Fossey is now ready to coach, and I'll, I'll go back to when he started. At that stage, like Fossey and I, you know, he didn't agree with what I said, but I, I, I basically said, mate, I know how hard coaching is. You, you go straight into the AFL, you need an apprenticeship, and that really uh, didn't sit well with him. But of course, time has proven, and for Buckley and for Heard, who, who got jobs that they, you know, they were superstars, but they, they didn't deserve those jobs when you consider that it takes sort of five or ten years to become a really good coach. Justin Leppie's the same. So with Volsey, I think... Well, I like your mate Craig McRae. He'll probably yeah. be a very good coach. Well, and Fly, he, he's a fantastic coach. I know because I, I, I went from Albury when I was in North Albury, took three of the best players I had down there. Two of them ended up in the VFL. I got to see him coach. We've been very close and great mates for 21 years. But, you know, to actually see what he does and, you could, and being a coach and seeing what coaches do in a good positive light versus how the players are coming back I think Craig McRae is going to be a great success if you're a Collingwood fan I mean you know Craig probably hates himself right now because he's now coaching Collingwood but of course he's such a great fellow I'm sure he'll he'll do the job that most and many can't but I think for Vossi or Beppo or Bucks and Hurdy like it's, it's a rookie mistake but they're smart guys but why would you put yourself in the in the middle of a furnace without the experience? And and data shows, you know, five or ten years to you get your mojo going. So for Vossi, if he took the Carlton job, it would be ironic. He's really ready to go again, and I think he's going to be such a good coach now. But I, you know, you go back to the rookie mistake of actually being a coach at that stage, yeah. and what it yeah. did probably to his uh, to his brand out there in the marketplace is a bit unfair because. He's been toiling away and just and just really getting himself ready for another crack at it. And, and I hope he does because he deserves it. No, he certainly does. Um, now, one of the great coaches, Lee Matthews, uh, brought you in one um, pre-season after Daniel Bradshaw um, missed a game during September to attend the birth of one of his children. Um, what was the message or what was that story all about um, that Lee Matthews delivered to you? 
Well, it's actually, you know, even when Braddy, so we're about to play a semi-final in, it might even be a prelim, I can't even remember what it was, but I remember, um, and Braddy, I used to live not far from Braddy when I lived in Albury, he's from Wodonga, of course, you don't talk about Wodonga because that's where, you know, the bad people go, but I think <laughs> with Braddy, with Braddy, Braddy, Braddy is, uh, you know, he just said, hey, you know, footy's important, but. I want to be there for my kids and Ange was having a, a baby, his wife, and he just, he left. And I think for Lee, it was the very first time that I'd ever seen him. He was completely confused by the situation because for Lee, you know, you don't you do not do that. His hero is you probably weren't even there for the birth and if you had to play footy, well, you had to play footy. You, you got to play footy. And Brady leaving, which, of course, really hurt our side on that stage. Don't know if we would have won or not, but, you know, Lee's like, man, I don't, I don't understand, like, you know, what you want to do? And he, he sort of threw the question out. And I think uh, when we came back for pre-season, like, he was he was pretty much joking, but no one really leaves. One of those guys, when he jokes, you can work out if he's actually serious or he's not. He's, he's pretty easy to read because, you know, he's, he's one of those kind of guys. So he was sort of like, no, nah, guys, I... You know, I'm going to ban. I'm going to ban it. Don't want to have sex. I don't want any kids in September. You know, we've got to have our players right. You know, let's <laughs> And that's the way Lee Lee wanted to, as as all great coaches do, control the controllable. So even for him, he was like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's just, you know, let's not get too frisky here, boys. We don't want other kids in September. You know, it's right. <laughs> just, we're all laughing. Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you were like Nelson going, wait a minute. I think he's. Uh, I think he's actually not actually joking. He's probably saying the truth. So I think for all of us, you know, it's pretty hard. Uh, the best of times. Some blokes like Daryl White. I mean, he's got eight kids. You don't have to look. He's <laughs> right to go. But you know, for the rest of us that you know take a bit of work and three and a half minutes of fun over many years, you know, you can get the result. But you never know what's going to happen. So it's not like you can control that stuff. So. Yeah, to, to Lee's credit, he was trying to help us out and control the controllables. I think we're all happy to have everyone in the squad available in September. But, yeah, that Brady situation certainly made him think about what's really important. And I think that was a good thing. I was yeah. at a nightclub once and someone introduced me to Lee Matthews' daughter. She was as scary as Lee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah I, you know, these things happen in the, the, the universe. But I think with, I mean, Lee... He had been married, had a couple of kids, of course now divorcing his hands with Deb and you know, he's he's very happy and but they're very complex, you see, human relationships. Very complex. Absolutely. They are, mate, they are. <laughs> hey, tell yeah. us your tell us your thoughts on your former clubs, mate. Um just for uh, Brisbane Lions, um their finals record well isn't that um good just recently. Um do you think they could take the next step perhaps next year? Wake up, Was. Yeah, I think I think looking at uh at the Lions, I was at that game. Obviously, I couldn't lose because I'd play for both teams. So I was happy for both teams. But having my, you know, grown up here and my daughters love, as they should, the Lions, I think, um, I, look, I found the lack of speed and skill for a couple of positions in the back line probably hurt us. Uh, but they have, what, five, five finals and only win one. It's not that they're not good enough. You lose by a point, you're in the games. There's only really one bad final they played. It doesn't take too much to turn that around. And with free agency and what they could do, they could easily get a very quick and skillful two of them, at least, and maybe a backup Ruckerman and maybe, you know, snag a good forward. Because their midfield is quite good. Uh, it's been strong. It's, it's been one of the powerhouses. So for them to drop away would actually have to be their lack of effort versus their talent. So I think Brisbane, uh, in the next few years, with the window they've got, they'll be up there. And if they can... 
just get a couple of extra bodies who could really help, you know, I reckon that'll just make the difference. And you could do that in this era. You couldn't do it in my era, but you can now. Yeah, and uh, you would have been relieved with Lockie Neal uh, <laughs> um, opting to stay at the Lions, even though he was contracted. Yeah, that was a crazy one. I mean, I, I know Lockie, and I, I sort of, um, you know, I, I said to him, mate, look, I understand, brother. He was like, on the Monday, I said, you know, family comes first. And having lived my life, I'm a bit older than, than him. Both of us, obviously, Brandon Mendelis played for in Brisbane, and we know how great the club is. And he just sort of said back, look, I, I really don't, I love the club, I don't really want to leave. And a few days later, they were able to talk to his wife's family and said, look, you're in Perth, we're here. We, we want some help and they've worked out where they can come over and help out because having a you know a baby and any kids you have if you ever got any it takes a whole village to raise them it's not just you it's your family your aunties your uncles it's it's quite important so i think they really weighed on him and footy's footy i mean it doesn't last forever but it was going to be very difficult to get a good trade with Fremantle for that sort of his contracted player so in the end she worked out all right but you know, for for Lockie, it wasn't like he he wanted to go. It was more the family situation. But the same thing happened at Desi Headland. Desi Headland loved it here. His dad moved over. His family's here. And his wife said, I'm going back to Perth. I want to be around my friends. And if you don't come, that's it. You won't see the kids. So for Desi, you know, that, that was a pretty easy decision. We hated losing him because he's a great fellow and great player. But great for player, his yeah. situation, he needed to go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Happens. And just, just the thoughts on the Western mm. Bulldogs, mate. Uh, obviously, former player there now, um, obviously in the grand final. Um, do you think they can uh, they can beat the D's, or what are your thoughts on uh, next weekend? Well, because I'm not involved in the AFL, I'm allowed to bet on games. And probably a good month ago, I put Melbourne down for the Premiership. I, I just think they were the best team in the common. They still are. But having said that, you know, the, the only concern for them is the, just that one game and probably, you know, yeah. they played one game in 28 days or whatever it is. Uh, if they ran out of gas and the dogs keep coming, they've got that extra game, they're pretty much battle-hardened. I think uh, it's going to be... We're all in the unknown. I mean, they do it in the NFL, but NFL don't run like Aussie rules people. They don't take the collisions. They don't have the same type of game. So uh, playing one game in a month for Melbourne, uh, if they're up and about and they're ready, it's going to be a great game. But the Bulldogs are sitting in, in the hot seat. They're, they're sitting in the prime seat to go and win this thing. So, you know, if you're a, you're a brave man, to either pick the, the team and the margin because it's going to be close. Yeah, tight. What, what would you prefer? You did it both ways winning premierships. Would have you preferred the, the week off? Or did you did you like playing through? Well, that, at my era, you never had buyers before finals. You no. never had buyers during, unless you, you got into a prelim final, which we did out of a, a sort of qualifying final. But the week off at that time of year is like gold because you got you know if you if you remember playing Aussie rules at that level is so taxing. And I played on the weekend in Masters, and I played. And I played like I did normally, and I was so sore, and I've been sore for a few days. But I, it was no different to the soreness I had after every game. You know, you, you got those couple of days of just, uh, you know, pain everywhere, in your neck, in your arms. So, you know, for me and us, we wanted every every different way you can imagine. So it didn't really affect us. But we also knew we had a, a pretty healthy squad. We had a bit of luck, and, of course, we were... You know, we were, we were season hardened. We played an extra whole year of finals, so we were a pretty hardened group. But where it is now, man, sports science will say, ideally you like the players and rules in the AFL every every two weeks. So for Melbourne, uh, they've got no excuse now. I mean, they've read our favours and they should be, but the Bulldogs, 
man, they've had a good run. So I, I think ideally any rest is good rest, but there's always a a uh, argument that too much rest certainly does decondition you. So we'll see what happens next weekend, but it, it could work either way. And, you know, coming fresh, both teams will be good. It should be on. Should be on. Let's and hope so. Yes. Um, so you won the Brownlow medal 20 years ago. Who wins it on Sunday, mate? Well, that, I've been asked that question. I, I always say, look, someone from the top four teams uh, that are winning lots of games. You've got probably a couple of blokes uh, in Oliver, uh, Pachaka, would have got lots of uh, lots of votes. Uh, Botton Pelly, I think McRae is probably the one I would think. He gets a lot of possessions, and I think the umpires are starting to notice how hard he works. Oh, so, yeah. you know, out of those top eight teams and the top four teams and now the top two teams, if it doesn't come out of Melbourne or Bulldogs, I'd be staggered. But if I was a betting man, which I am, I would say McRae <laughs> could just sneak up and, and take take the votes off, uh, you know, his esteemed teammates. And, you know, umpires, they only got three votes to give out, and you could be lucky, you could be unlucky. And, you know, the secret is don't talk to them, kick goals in the last quarter, and maybe have... Blonde hair. Hair. You might be a chance. You might be a chance. <laughs> and be, yeah, be a champion too. <laughs> yeah, You've done absolutely. well. Absolutely. Hey, Akko, thank you so much for your time this evening, mate. Uh, it's been an absolute thrill to chat to you and um, yeah. about your career. Uh, but, yeah, really appreciate your time, mate. No worries, boys. Look, if you get it bored, just go onto YouTube and have a look at my highlights. You're there for fucking <laughs> <out>. <laughs> <laughs> Already have. Go on, your Good legend. Good on you, mate. Appreciate Love it. it. Thanks, boys. No worries. Anytime.